Sex Communication, a podcast of explicit audio and frank conversation. How do we talk about sex? How do we communicate during sex? Well, if you're here now, then you're going to find out. My name is Brianne McGuire, and each week I share an uncensored peek into the things we don't discuss. Sex. 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 I can't say the word sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 105. Today we tackle the question, is pornography bad? If you are a fan of this show or familiar with any of the stuff that I've been putting out on the interwebs, you're probably already familiar with my position, which is that no, pornography is a good thing, and I actually recommend embracing it rather than trying to shy away from it. But my guest today has very different opinions. Um, we met under very random circumstances. You're about to hear all about those. Um, but we have a, a very lively discussion just sorting out our views on the matter. He has very personal reasons for believing what he believes, as do I. Um, so we get into all of that, as well as some classic sex communication questions about sexual history and upbringing. So really, this interview has something for everyone. So whether you fall on the side of pro-porn or anti-porn, I think at one point or another, you're going to agree with either of us or both of us. Possibly you will agree with neither of us, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, let's get to it. Here we go. So hello, Justin, and welcome to the podcast. It's good to be here. So I met you because you happened to be sitting next to me at a, would you call it a sex event or like an informative sex event? Um. <laughs> definitely informative. I felt like there were a lot of curious folks around. Yeah. It was definitely not a sex party. We'll say that. Uh, like sadly, <laughs> sadly not. But no, it was a uh, it was cool. Very friendly atmosphere in quintessential Brooklyn. Yes, which is, yeah. <laughs> I like that. And you happen to mention that you have what you think may be some unique views about pornography, or at least very strong views on mm-hmm. pornography. Um, but before we get into that, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, how old are you, for instance? Uh, yes, I'm. In my late 20s. I work over in the finance realm, mm-hmm. live over here in New York City, have a wife, no kids. Um, yeah, I like the game. I think I'm like a pretty chill dude. I don't know how else, uh, to describe it. Uh, sarcastic bastard. That's probably the best way to, to describe <laughs> me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, do you consider yourself to be... Well, I mean, I would assume, given where we met, that it was a... a an informative sec- a session about how to attend sex parties or what questions you might have, etiquette, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are you what you would consider sexually adventurous? Do you feel pretty normal? Like, where on on the sexual exploration spectrum do you find yourself? Yeah, I would say that I'm sexually exploring, and that actually is the default of normal. It's mm-hmm. just society has repressed that True. for some reason. Couldn't but agree more. <laughs> my wife and I were open, mm-hmm. and we basically just moved over into Manhattan. So just trying to figure out the lay of the land, just getting to, to meet folks. But for the most part, really digging just the, at least seems like a big embrace of, I wouldn't say sexual revolution, but just like the normalization of, oh, it, it, it's sex, like demystifying around it. Right. And that's kind of what drew me over to the, uh, to the event itself, is talking about it not, is approaching it from like, a very rational standpoint of like, hey, this is how you be safe. This is how you get consent. And that's the type of conversations that we never got in high school on sex ed. So it it felt like an adult version of sex ed, but Mm. the end result is you get to be possibly at a massive orgy high-fiving folks. And (laughs) Like my wife and I, what we do is after all of that, we have this um, 
this ritual of getting McDonald's, mm. which I kind of wish they had actually talked about what you do after the sex party. Yeah. Because you really just need to eat garbage and just crash. <laughs> Maybe folks get that too. So how did you grow up with sex? How was it first introduced to you? Mm. I grew up in like a very traditional Asian household. Mm. So parents did not talk about sex at all. I brought it up once because it was part of like an education thing for my class and they immediately froze up. And school was pretty awful about it too. So pretty much starting from an early age, I turned over into pornography. Mm. I would also say that I had grown up in a very religious area. I'm not religious myself, nor have been. Mm. But I just wanted to say that for folks that might also have like that similar situation. But pornography and online, that was my definition, understanding of, of sex. Yeah. And looking back on it now, it's like a very messed up, distorted view. But no one ever talked to me about how to view men or women. It was just, it was right there. Yeah. Do you remember how old you were when you brought up sex with your parents? Probably 13. And was it around that same time that you discovered pornography? I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. Do you have siblings? I do. Three. Did they... Influence, I mean, are they older or younger? Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest, so I was the one who was able to, to experience that. Gotcha. Yeah. And with friends, I mean, was there a lot of talk amongst your friends about things as you guys were learning, or everyone kind of kept oh, their no. own stuff No, 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 no. <laughs> um, sometimes when I talk to my female friends about, like, porn and sex, sometimes they get the impression of, like, oh, guys are, like, looking at porn on the computers together and be like, oh, man, look at her tits. So like, oh, yeah, I love this genre. Like, let me let me tell you, that has only happened once in my life, and that was back over in college. Mm. We were all completely high and drunk. And my friend was like, oh, hey, man, I'm going to show you, like, this awesome website. I'm going to open up. And he shows up, and he's like, this pictures of, like, nothing but vulvas. <laughs> and it turned out, well, first off, I learned what his fetish was that day. But all the other guys were like, ugh, I don't know about this. So yeah, we we don't really do that. It's 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 like sidestepped around, but never really acknowledged by other guys. Hmm. At least in my experience. All right. Do you wish that was different? Would you prefer to have it be like a social thing that guys talk about the porn that they look at? That it's kind of an open discussion. Part of me says yes. I hope that we're able to explain like what, why we enjoyed or when we have an issue. Mm. But then there's the other part of me is like, are we just normalizing mm. this? And what exactly would we be normalizing? And in my mind, I think of all the bad stuff that pornography has done for me, but also to men and women, in the industry, you can have like normalization of violence against those folks. Mm. But I don't know. I'm kind of mixed. I haven't seen like any positive talk about using pornography responsibly, hmm. which I hear you <laughs> may have an opinion on. I do have very strong opinions. Before I, I share <laughs> a bit about what those are, though, so given that you didn't, it doesn't sound like, well, okay, let me back up a bit, because you, you did mention when you brought sex up with your parents that it was kind of inspired by things going on at school, which was so was there a sex ed program or was it a health class or like something came up? Uh, it, was, it was a sex ed, uh, <coughs> sex ed class. Mm -hmm. And they said that here's a piece of paper. Yeah. Here's some questions you can ask your parents and bring it up. 
So it was basically like, there's stuff to know. Here, go find out the answer somewhere else. Yep. That sucks. Yep. (laughs) And then everything else was just a narrative of absence only. Right. Absence only. So do you think if you had actually had a good sex ed experience or like something that was actually geared towards educating you, Mm -hmm. um, do you you think that you would have looked at porn as being so influential? I still would have. And I, there's definitely other factors uh, at play as well. Or <clears throat> I had like a very abusive, violent childhood. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a very strong link between those who go through that type of abuse and being pulled over into pornography. Like for me, porn wasn't just a way to, to get off. It was a habitual, it was a ritual that I used to relieve stress. Yeah. And whenever the abuse or any of those difficulties came up, they were just interlinked. And as the abuse kept getting worse and worse and worse, the more use of the, like the pornography just became more and more rampant. Right. So even with the sex ed talk itself, I don't think it would have been that impactful for my case. Do you view... Porn, and I'm talking about like your opinion right now. Do you mm-hmm. see it as education or entertainment? Mm. More entertainment. I, I'm fascinated why you say education. Well, okay, there are a couple of reasons why I have the opinions that, that I do about porn. And my, I'm a pro-porn person. Um, but, you know, I started working on the idea that I have for graphic pain, which is largely about normalizing sexual media. Porn being included in that umbrella, but not like exclusively porn. Mm -hmm. There are people in the industry that are trying to change the conversation around sex. People like Cindy Gallup with her Make Love Not Porn site. Mm -hmm. And her position is, as an older woman who dates younger men, not unlike your age group, that their whole education about sex comes from porn. That it's actually very common. And I don't, I, from the experience and research and conversations that I've had, it doesn't seem to be (laughs) relegated to young men Mm -hmm. um, or even just men. Like, people of all ages, that's what they learn from because that's what's accessible. Sex education is so poorly Mm -hmm. performed everywhere. And so this is like the thing that we all have the ability to see that kind of gives us validation about what's normal or shows Mm -hmm. us things to try. And it does act as education, whether we want it to be or not. You know, on the other hand, it is made to be entertainment. So, you know, I think some people get lost in that and they forget that it's entertainment Mm -hmm. and they forget that what they're seeing isn't based in reality most of the time, that it's... Like when we watch a movie, you know, a drama about a relationship is very different than the reality of living in a relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But I do think that porn is one of those areas that really demonstrates the segregation of information, you know, sex, Mm -hmm. everything about sex, not just porn, but sexual wellness, sexual uh, traumas, sexual education, everything is kind of very split all the sex stuff over here and everything Mm -hmm. else over there. So I really do believe that if that separation didn't exist, Mm -hmm. I think it would be normalized. And that if porn wasn't vilified, that we would be able to approach it in a less heavy way. We would place 
less weight upon it to be our education and be able to enjoy it purely for entertainment and, you mm -hmm. know, be able to live in a way that's not so driven by what we see and not trying to emulate it because we're well-rounded in our full sexual education because it's not hidden in any way. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an honest conversation. Or, but that's, that's the thing is so many folks are willing to approach the topic of sex from, from a health perspective. And it definitely feels like our society is like embracing that more and more. Hmm. But on the education tie, like I'm struggling to see like any potential education or health benefits that pornography can teach. Granted, I'm painting a very wide brush, and some folks are trying to change the narrative of what good pornography could be. But at the same time, I see like 99.9% of porn out there is is not even closely remote to that. Yeah, it's... I'm not... I just want to be clear, though. I'm not suggesting that porn should serve as education. I'm saying it, it often becomes a de facto education. But, you know, I think if... Because it exists in almost this vacuum of, like, you know, this beacon of porn when you look at the realm of sex. Like, mm -hmm. there's so little in comparison to give you another point of view. Right. So what I'm saying is if the curtain was pulled back on that whole entire subject, mm -hmm. that it would allow the other types of content, the other types of perspective to kind of rise to the same level and even out the playing field of information. Mm. I can see that. One thing that I would add, though, with porn is it's very unique in how it plays with people's brains mm -hmm. and with the chemicals. There is... In innate, not just entertainment, but I would say borderline potential addiction that comes with pornography usage. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like with, with social media. It is constant reinforcement of a dopamine feedback loop in your head. Mm -hmm. The dangerous thing about porn is it's completely accessible no matter where you are. And you just... It's just constantly like pushing that dopamine button. Right. Yeah. That's another one. That's another thing of like, I'll point to constant porn usage is like sporadic brains of difficulty to focus. So I'll use that justification <laughs> on why, on why things get a little sporadic. -y. Yeah. I would use a similar argument with, um, with social media addiction. You know, a lot of the problem that comes from that is just this focus on a false image a false narrative right mm -hmm. which is large most of the problem with pornography right like the falseness of it so again like if we worked harder to bring authentic honest non-airbrushed real stuff out there you know if we had as much access to that i i don't know that mm -hmm. these dopamine triggers would would but would that be exciting as compared to as much as what is already being offered today but don't you think things become less exciting the like the more that you have of it, like the more everything is there? Like I yes. think a lot of the excitement comes from its uniqueness, right? Like, yes. So the, the, again, there are these peaks in our content experience, right? Mm -hmm. The porn and the Instagram and the things there. This these peaks in this whole sea of all the internet hours mm -hmm. that we're spending every mm -hmm. day and every week. And that's the novelty aspect you just pointed to right over there it's got to get something new i got to get something different each yeah. and every time i mean 
Do you use Instagram or? I do, and I hate it. Yeah. Do well, you just I'm, I'm more scrolling? of a voyeur right now. I'm like really, really have gone down on posting because it just I hate it so much. Mm. Why, May? Why? Because I hate the falseness. I hate mm. the falseness. Like in every aspect of life, I don't like small talk. I don't like bullshit in anywhere. And Instagram is just like bullshit 24 hours a day, seven mm-hmm. days a week. Um, you know, and I, I done overhauls to my accounts where I'm unfollowing people that inspire feelings of like, I'm not doing enough of this and I wish I was mm-hmm. doing that. And it's still, it's like... It's never enough. Yeah, well, for the, all the efforts, it just, <laughs> there becomes then in its place the whole faux authenticity movement which ugh, mm-hmm. that's that's almost it's worse even and um i, I, I don't know it just it feels like such a hollow way of expressing things i'm also really appalled by the the censorship policies you mm. know part of the reason why i'm you know doing a no censorship media platform of my own is like it just it's yeah. unnecessary it doesn't make any sense yeah yeah and all the sponsorship and the advertisements it's just it's not it, I, I don't find it an effective means of communication and i don't feel the need to have my needs and moods and purchases and daily yeah. life and appearance validated by likes and comments and you know yeah all these things you which, just realize like it, it's not making you happy right? yeah it's just a machine that's kind of how i ended up uh feeling about porn yeah but do you still watch it yes (laughs) but i'm not i'm not happy about that have you tried i mean do you do you watch independent porn or you're like Pornhub, x video like the standard stuff that comes up when you not even yeah the standard stuff yeah i haven't really dove over into independent pornography and whatnot Hmm. but i've definitely noticed that uh my taste in porn over the years has gone like more and more and more extreme mm-hmm. which is why i jumped over to that word uh, novelty yeah. what what is something that's going to get me that extra kick and that's why like with uh, like cleaner softer pornography itself that's a little bit more realistic i feel like for i and a lot of folks out there that's just not going to scratch that itch mm-hmm. i th- Think about how like, I, I'd ask your audience members, like, go to Pornhub, X videos, whatever, and look how many fucking videos are about stepbrothers, stepsisters, mm-hmm. or like extremely violent and derogatory towards women. I don't think that was people's natural state. I think that because of so much pornography usage, the search for novelty has led to these more and more extreme types of videos. That has been my own personal experience. But also I've been joining more what I see like these support groups online. And for those that are curious, it's like porn free on Reddit. Yeah. There's also no fat, but I prefer the, the porn free subreddit. Yeah. A lot of men and women are reporting the the same thing. I see it as possibly more of a, a men's issue than a woman's issue, just in terms of like the percentage of those who are being who are using pornography. But I try to use inclusive language because there might be um, a female listening to this who totally relates to it as right. well. But I know it just, yeah, it, not happy about my usage at all. So besides the judgment that you're having towards yourself about what, about watching it, but also like the feelings that you're having when you're watching it and, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever other negative consequences, 
in terms of your relationships with your wife, with other sex that you're having, like, does it affect you there as well? Or is it just kind of a mental state Mm -hmm. while you're watching it? And maybe like the after effects once it's over. That's a good question. Um, I think that's one of the things that people looking at pornography addiction, they don't look at how it affects those around them. Mm. I know that personally for me, the way it has affected my relationship with my wife is I struggle to get an erection. It's something a lot of guys report, but something I've also been dealing with for years. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really odd for someone in their late 20s with generally like average libido. It's hard to, to get it up. And that's led to disappointment with my wife now another thing is i'm also taking medication as as well Mm -hmm. that might impact that but there definitely is an impact on my sex life Mm -hmm. when it comes over to sex with uh, other folks i have typically seeked out more i'd say kinky Mm -hmm. but also like very strong power dynamics consensual of course but that's that's the thrill that gets me off now Mm-hmm. Some folks might say, "Oh, you were just born that way." You know, people have their own kinks. But I've noticed this change over time, mm-hmm. from more vanilla to like, "Holy shit, I like enjoy being a sadist." But is that naturally who I am, or is that what the porn has led me to? Does it matter? It matters if I'm feeling uncomfortable with where my sexual tastes have taken me. Right, but it sounds a bit. And I don't, I'm not, you know, trying to speak for you, but from what you've described, it does sound a bit like you, you're applying that judgment of good or bad. And we all, we all do that about everything, about what we're seeing with others, what we see in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like the judgment of good or bad, that's a completely subjective thing. True. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with normal sex versus, you know, being kinky like Crazy. one's not inherently better or worse than the other it sounds mm-hmm. like a judgment that you're applying does that um judgment applying but not from a immoral standpoint right not, not in terms of good or bad for me i see it as bad because i struggle to control that to control that that desire or i would honestly say it's a, an addiction itself when it gets over to like you know, kinky, violent sex, mm-hmm. that's okay. I, I do enjoy that. But is that what I naturally default to? Like, did I get here on my own accord or did I inadvertently wire up my own brain mm-hmm. to get to this point? And if so, is this really who I am? It sounds that's as if that's the bigger struggle, not that's, the porn. No, <laughs> that's... That's definitely the show. Is the is the addiction itself that is the porn is feeding over into that, hmm. like the compulsiveness aspect of it, of sex in real life or the porn watching? Um, a little bit of both, but more towards the porn watching. Just given how simple it is to access it for yeah. me, with the with sex for other folks, because I have to like earn it a little bit more. I can't just like snap my fingers like oh awesome instant gratification like no sex with others i have to actually take them to dinner get to know them Mm -hmm. be an idiot for them to like lower their guard down it's quite awesome (laughs) but i i really don't know what i'm going with this point (laughs) well backing up a little bit so you you said that you know you have struggled to get an erection 
when having sex with your wife. Yes. So is that something that you're struggling to be aroused or you're struggling like physically to match what you're feeling? Mm. It is a it is a struggle to be excited. Okay. It's like to in order to get off, I need to think more about to pornography. Mm-hmm. Put myself in those types of scenarios. And it's totally unfair to to my wife. And a lot of other guys out there are, are dealing with that too. And that's there's a strong sense of shame mm-hmm. that comes with that. My wife though, bless her heart, understands my struggle, has worked with me through and through and we're we're tackling this together. Mm-hmm. But not every person out there, not every spouse is that understanding. Yeah. Yeah, lucky. Yeah. Does your wife watch porn? She doesn't really. No. Do you imagine things would be different at all if she did? We've done a little bit of it, but it's just not her forte. So the things that you were describing getting outside of the relationship with your wife, like you you described you already have an open marriage, you're having sex with other people, but the way you described it seems to be different activities, different dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, is that because your wife does not want to participate in that with you or mm-hmm. because you don't want to participate in that with her? Is it both? Mm, it, it's different taste. Um, for her, it, it's very emotional. It's very... Uh, a little bit traditional mm-hmm. in that sense. Whereas for me, I want to get that novelty, but I also like very kinky, violent types of sex. Mm-hmm. And that's just not something that she's into. And I understand that. I don't, there was a time when I wanted to push her more and more, but that was an unfair ask of me. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to having sex with others, that's more of the the need or desire that I'm looking to fulfill in finding others who feel the same way it's pretty fun (laughs) so okay you mentioned you know these forums online places even support groups and things but everything Mm -hmm. sounds like it's online is any of the work that you're doing to try to overcome this or change your habits or thinking or like even just emotionally dealing with the struggle is any of that happening offline with people in your social circle no no it's it's a very lonely journey um in person like i've tried talking to guy friends about this but at least with my guy friends like we're not emotional or in touch yeah like the general common response for us guys when we're one of us is dealing with shit is that sucks man (laughs) helpful i hear you (laughs) you want to go to a bar we can drink about this yeah play some games totally ignore the fact that you're going through this but it's still bonding time for for us guys yeah but it's not the only emotional support I really have is with my wife, and and thank God. But that's all I have in person. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to imagine what that would be like, actually, like a support group or just meeting folks. Be like, oh hey man, you hate porn too? Oh yeah, that's awesome. All right. But that's why I kind of want to do this because. It's a little bit cathartic. Yeah. It might help like folks out there, but just getting to talk about it gets my mind a little bit more solidified in exactly how I feel about this. Right. So you've used the word addiction a few times when you're talking about your porn viewing habits. Mm-hmm. 
know a little bit about addiction. I'm actually in recovery for addiction with drugs and alcohol, not porn, but it's all the same part of the brain that gets mm-hmm. excited and depleted and, you know. The rush. Right. Um, so what makes you deem it to be addiction rather than just like heavy usage? Mm. When we use the word addiction, the word compulsive has to has to go in there. Like, do you actually have, are you controlling the amount of use? And for me, that's, that's where I call it addictive because mm-hmm. I just could not stop using it. Right. Like when I want to get off, sometimes like I have to, I have to use that. It's like they're, they're like I would watch porn in places that I'm not proud of, mm-hmm. or <sighs> it's describing this compulsiveness. I'm trying to find a way to clearly paint that picture for for the audience, like at a previous job long times uh, ago i would actually sneak over into the bathroom mm-hmm. and you know jerk off because i was just so stressed out if that's not the definition of an addiction or compulsiveness uh, i don't know what is it's yeah it's extremely shameful and finding other people to talk about that with is extra hard as yeah. well the only way that I found to to fight against that was just to take a clean break. And the longest break I've ever done is about 25 days of no porn, no masturbation, no nothing. And it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to, to fucking deal with. Yeah. It sucks, especially, especially walking around constantly like, oh, hey, it should be a macho man. Or, oh, God, you women have to deal with this all the time. But, like, seeing... Constantly being reminded of, like, sexy, good-looking Photoshop chicks all over the place. Right. Always reminded. And, yeah, I can't... Ex- I... You say that you're also... Like, you're recovering. Yeah. How would you describe that, like, that recovery process? Or, like, even just, like, the addiction or compulsiveness? Because I wonder if the same synonyms are applied here. Yeah, well, compulsion is definitely a big part of it. The recovery group that I'm a part of, they describe addiction as um, an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. Mm. But the way that you describe the compulsion, like you can't stop. It's uh, like once you start, especially like stopping is extremely difficult. Um, That the need to do it overtakes other more rational choices. Mm -hmm. You know, that it becomes the thing driving your behavior in many more aspects than just you're watching it because you're thinking about it when you're not watching it or planning when you're going to watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, switching out the porn for drugs and alcohol, but I mean, that's what addiction was like for me. And that's what it is in the communities that I'm in talking about that. Like, oh, you think that you can just, you know, watch a little bit or just have one drink, just right? And then, you know, mm-hmm. 18 hours later, like, oh, fuck All sorts of things have happened that you had no intention of doing because the, your control is taken from you as soon as you mm-hmm. you engage with the item that you're. It's like your to. mind goes on autopilot. Yeah. You, yeah. It's like you know rationally, right? Oh, I shouldn't be doing this, but the body just feels so good at that moment. Yeah. That's that's why I I say porn's an addiction because when you look at like 
there's a chemical aspect uh, to this innately, like sex, getting off dopamine and all that stuff. But it's just constantly so reinforced into my mind, like getting off and then feeling good. But mostly it is the correlation between getting off and the anxiety relief that I had. Yeah. It's so powerful. It's so strong. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. But does sex feed you in that way at all or is it hit you is the dopamine you get from pleasure from actual real life sex a totally different experience yes but with with sleeping with others in the novelty aspect of that gives you a bit of that it is it is for for sex with my wife it's more emotional it's more companionate it it does feel like making love Mm. whereas sex with others is very primal very angry it's it reminds me of like Oh man, going Tinder and OK Cupid, <laughs> whatnot. I love just like being super upfront and honest with folks online. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I'm looking for this. Are you looking for this? If so, let's meet up. Oh, we're cool. We're going to meet up at my place. Or it's almost like a social contract. Right. But that novelty aspect of it is, it's so fun. It is, I don't know. Now I feel like an alcoholic ranting about like my favorite drink or whatnot. <laughs> No. I would <laughs> So it, it did sound a bit there that you kind of equated or at least lo- so closely as- associate porn with masturbation almost to the point where it sounds like, well, when you talked about how you didn't watch porn for 25 days and you weren't masturbating during that not. time. So do you ever masturbate without porn? Are you able to? Great question. Rarely. And when I do, it's a struggle. I have to have like this mental image in my mind of like some of my favorite videos or scenarios hmm. just to get off. Yeah. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I'm in my like twenties. This is supposed to be the time when I'm like amped up with hormones or whatnot and get off in like fifteen seconds. But But no. when you were going through puberty, because I imagine you, you mentioned having that conversation or attempting to have that conversation with your parents when mm-hmm. you were about thirteen. Um, I'm just thinking about like when things started to change for me, would, would be a few years before that. I mean, had you had an erection and you, like, masturbated without even realizing that's what you were doing before you had words for it, before mm-hmm. all of that? Yeah, yeah, before the porn. Um, definitely have the context of, you know, masturbating with, uh, without it. Yeah. That was a, that was a surprise. That was... Every man has a... Every good guy friend would tell you the story <laughs> of, like, the first time that they jerked off. And I feel like, at least with my guy friends, they've told me about it too. And it's just, it's just funny. You never know, like the video, like the image or video, what's gonna, what's gonna spark that. Mm. So probably, ask, probably ask my girlfriend or my wife about that. Like what her origin story is. Yeah. Like- what, what, yeah. What was the first thing you got off to, and and why? And what was what was yours? Oh. <laughs> Fuck! I totally set myself up for that, huh? Oh man. Uh, I really hope I don't get docs. Um, the uh, the first image was uh, you ever play Final Fantasy Seven? But I've seen it played. I've never played it myself. I wasn't a big game person. Okay, yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> there's this character called Cloud Strife. He's a dude, mm-hmm. has spiky hair and whatnot. Totally loved the character and whatnot. I just saw his picture on a computer, and then for some reason, it just. <laughs> I just felt this urge. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I'm like, oh, shit, the floor is like full of goop. 
And it's not even my room. It's my brother's room, too, when I was sneaking onto his computer. It was the scariest thing ever. Um, it's weird because, like, I'm, I'm pretty much only exclusively into women. Mm. But my first time getting off was, like, to a picture of, like, a cartoon guy. Yeah. Yeah. Have you explored any of that through your years of porn watching? Uh, with men? Yeah, you ever watch gay porn every once in a while or some group stuff where there's, like, some guy-on-guy action happening? I've seen it, but it hasn't ever tickled my fancy, which is kind of a bummer because I would, like, double the population of eligible people I would bang, (laughs) but, yeah. Well, you've talked about orgies. Yeah. Oh, man, those are are good times. Rub the swords a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um... My wife has joked, and I, I can foresee a future where if I get a little bit drunk and, like, loosened up, I'm like, well, maybe a dude can blow me. Who knows? Or vice versa. Yeah. But I feel like that's, that's, that's like, pushing me to something that I don't want to do, though. But you already talk about these other things as if it's driven you to a place you don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 I cannot beat that logic. If you're going to be irrational in this, maybe you should be a little bit in that. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. I gotta find the right guy, though. He's gotta be hot. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Good arms. That's the, that's the key thing. Not a size queen? <laughs> <laughs> Cross that bridge when you get to it. Oh, man. Oof. Start talking about specific interesting fetishes and whatnot. <laughs> so, okay. I still feel like you, you do have some some... Judgment, some shame. Do you do you, well? I mean, do you would you use the word shame to describe how you feel about the sex you're having, not the porn, like mm. specifically about the sex you're having, all the different types of sex? Uh, no, no. It, there was definitely a little shame for some time. Mm. I was like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't be choking this chick until she chokes, <laughs> until she passes out. Consensually. Consensually. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like <laughs> I, I've had some very good older female mentors. Mm-hmm teach me not just the ropes but like accepting like my sexuality my kinks and whatnot and i i enjoy what i have now okay Uh, yeah it's it's so have you tried to apply that same approach to the porn watching Mm. i've tried but the porn itself i really see it as a manifest like it's part of my mental illness mm. of things that I've dealt with both with my childhood and this is a an unhealthy coping mechanism. Is sleeping around with others an unhealthy coping mechanism? I think I've processed it enough and set some structures in place where it is somewhat healthy. Mm. Because I can't just like snap my fingers and compulsively fuck somebody when I'm feeling bad. Right. No, I the nice thing about like sleeping other like with others and meeting folks is that you got to have this connection. You got to be able to to laugh. Mm. But with porn itself, I don't I don't get that. I just like I want it. I I don't want to feel bad anymore. Let me just get this out of the way. That's that's one of the things that I really hate about porn, or at least my situation with it. I don't even enjoy it anymore. Mm. I don't. If I if I could take a pill that would just kill my entire sex drive. I would actually take it. I would be willing to sacrifice sleeping with, like, fucking around or whatnot. I would take a pill and end all that if I can get this issue under control. Mm. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. 
Well, you keep talking about it as a, a coping mechanism for things and feeling uncomfortable and using this and anxiety and discomfort, you know, and turning to this. What about replacing that with healthier behaviors? That's something that I'm uh, working with my therapist and it, no, it's, it's good. Like replacing with gaming or just doing some other help, uh, like healthy mechanisms. Mm-hmm. But you, you get this is like, for me, it's like been over 10 plus years, like 15 years now Yeah. of this constant habit. No, I got it. I spent I, so long, you know? Yeah. I drank for over 20 years, drew hard drugs for like probably 15 to 17. And I've been sober now just over seven and a half years. But I mean, it's, it doesn't disappear overnight mm-hmm. and it takes work all the time to keep it going. But you know, like I'm always going to be a big advocate for 12 step groups. I'm not going to be specific because of traditions out there, but um, <laughs> you know, it really is so important to replace, you know, we talk about re- changing people, places and things, mm-hmm. you know, there are things that we learn to be or learn to associate with whatever, the addictive substance is right Mm -hmm. and as long as you're still surrounded by all of those same things trying to change one thing in that whole midst of stuff that's familiar and triggering it's never going to happen like you have to make big changes everywhere um you know but you also need support from other people that are going through it i mean another part of what's been driving my project is like growing up in this community essentially where We help each other survive because we share honestly about what we're struggling with. And when people hear that, they don't feel alone. Mm -hmm. They know that somebody else is going through what they're going through. And it allows you to feel safe, Mm -hmm. you know, safe and heard. That's why I'm on here. And I appreciate that this exists. Yeah. Because very rarely are you ever going to get that. But there are, like, in-person support groups. I know you're looking for them online, but have you looked for any in person? I mean, you're in New York now. There's yeah, so know. much of everything here. I know. I'm still getting, <laughs> still trying to figure out everything over here. But no, that's, that's, that's a very good point. Haven't really found too much yet. Yeah. Hmm. I want to flip maybe uh, the tables just a little bit. Because uh, the sense I get um, from you is that pornography can definitely be be beneficial or at least be created in a, a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. Am I getting that sense right? Yeah. What does unhealthy pornography consumption look like from your perspective? Well, see, this is, I think, it's again, I think it's just different for each person. I mean, I can't have drugs and alcohol because that's what I'm addicted to, right? But that nobody would ever take that to be drugs and alcohol are bad for everybody. Or let's leave drugs out of it, right? That are vilified in their own way. We'll say no, alcohol, totally which is you. accepted everywhere Legalize except for countries that don't do it for religious reasons. You know, it's normalized so much. And, and also, forget it being normalized. Like, because one person has an adverse reaction to something doesn't mean that thing is bad. Mm. You know, it just happens to be an unfortunate luck of the draw for the person who has the adverse reaction to it. And I feel the same way about porn, about anything that people have addictive reactions to. Gambling, internet consumption, uh, there are a million things, but we'll stick with that. 
Like those things aren't inherently bad, but when they're taken to a place of extremes of where it's, you know, affecting your life negatively, mm -hmm. your normal everyday life, your thinking, your behavior is all being driven by this compulsion, you know, that's bad. But again, I don't think porn is one of those things that's inherently bad. It just happens to be another thing that people can get addicted to. Mm. So. Mm. Interesting. Because <laughs> I don't know if I agree. Uh, with that it, I mean a bit of from what you said today and a little bit when we we first met and spoke very briefly like you did talk to about you know the content of what you're watching does seem to play a role in your negative view of pornography right yes. which brings up a couple things for me like one I'm curious um, you said you haven't done too much research into like more independent porn. And it seems like you have the opinion that um, <laughs> you describe what is soft and clean, I think you said. <laughs> and I just want to let you know that there is some extreme independent porn out mm. there. There, Like it, it is out there. And it's not just because it's independently done and ethically produced does not mean people are not kinky as fuck. That's and fair. Like doing some really serious shit. That's fair. So... I would encourage you to look that up. But the other thing is, um, I'm I'm curious about the content too, and you know how that affects you mentally. You know, like your erection problems and things like that. Is any of it tied to um, like this aesthetic that's very particular to porn? Is that a part of it? Is it the content where it's like you're seeing people treated in a way that you know? maybe couldn't necessarily get away with in real life. Mm. Well, what is the, like the, the stuff that's really bringing up well, the, just the negative feelings? Really fucking hard. Huh? Yeah. I, I, get <laughs> you. I fucking get you. Um, I totally think it's a reflection of my childhood and, and my abuse. Mm. The, the power dynamics is super, super key into like what gets me off and what makes it interesting. Like the pornography that I like very strong BDSM, very strong breath play. Mm. It's like, like, like very sadistic and masochistic. Like punching. It's like sometimes there's a rape fantasies in there, which yeah. is normal. People yeah. people have that, but it's just some moments where I take a step back and I ask myself. And this is where the the ethical part comes in. Two things. First, what if my daughter was doing this? How my gut feeling. How would I feel about that? Like, imagine her on screen basically being super face-fucked. That's not, that's, not, that's not a good feeling. But what if you knew more background to that, and you knew for sure that she wanted to do it, mm -hmm. that she was getting fulfillment out of it, that her entire experience with it was positive? Would that at all change your feeling on yes, that? Yes, yes, that would. That would, because it was her own choice. Right. And she accepted, and she likes that. So in reality, it, it's a positive for her. But then I, I think about just how many porn stars actually, I wouldn't say, how many of them actually grew up thinking that this is what they want this is what they're happy with. Mm. I suspect that a lot of porn stars that jump in generally do like modeling, do like more of the vanilla stuff. But as soon as the money dries up because the novelty wears away, they got to go to more and more extreme porn. Mm. And 
I suspect that they don't want to get there. That wasn't their desire, but now they need to make that money. Mm. So they end up doing more fetish videos and more violent videos. Is that really what they they wanted? Now, on the flip side, if they're still doing it, signing the contracts, making the money, mm. that's still a, a consensual human being. But at the same time, money does play into power. And just because I waved a nice wad of cash in front of like a young, lovely girl so I can beat the shit out of her and she walks out with 5K, mm. did, was that really a fair power dynamic back there? Yeah. I don't think so. So um, it's not, uh, I don't mean to demonize porn stars or, or anything like that. Yes, a percentage of them get into this industry knowing what they want. And that extreme fetishization is what they're going after. But the vast majority don't want that. And I know I'm making like a strong factual statement, whereas... It's a yeah, what motivated. are you basing that on? I know. It, <laughs> I've been watching... Um, there's a... I think it's a great movie called like Porned Out mm. or just some... Uh, there's this great organization called... Um, crap. I forgot the name of it. It'll come back up. Yeah. But they released... Uh, it's almost like a support group showing um, other folks like, hey, you're not alone. You're dealing... Fight the new drug. That okay. Have you heard of that before? No, no. Fight the new drug. It's non-profit, non-governmental, non-religious. Mm. It was just created initially a couple of years ago by a bunch of dudes who were like, holy shit, I can't get off without looking at porn. Mm. They create this website and then suddenly hundreds of thousands of other folks around the country are saying, I'm dealing with this this too Mm. so they do their own research they do their own documentaries and it shows like hey not only is this ubiquitous but in the porn industry itself like a lot of these girls did not aim to do this type of extreme stuff and by the time they finish Mm. a lot of them leave broken granted this organization has like a bias (coughs) and they want to present that type of information but it definitely resonates with me so if you don't mind me asking, so you've referenced the abuse you had as a child a, a bit. Was it sexual abuse or physical, a combination of mm. humiliation? Like, what do you want to talk about it? If you if you don't feel comfortable, I understand. I appreciate you, you asking. Uh, it was physical, nothing uh, nothing sexual, but definitely definitely humiliation part of it too. Very, I felt so disempowered, mm. like being a scared child hiding under a desk, mm. afraid of. Every time I heard the garage open, my siblings and I would scramble to hide in our rooms or hide somewhere because our dad, something could just flip and he would just beat us Mm -hmm. or yell at us. So 24-7 state of fear and anxiety. So to give some context of how this could fuck somebody up, Mm -hmm. someone can go through a very traumatic event once say it was a sexual assault or car accident and we can immediately think of the ptsd the damage that they go through Mm -hmm. now imagine if you had to live with that sense of fear basically for 15 years of your life not trying to equate it per se just the amount of fear yeah and yeah i can actually relate i did grow up like that unfortunately um but how like, like, at what point did you start associating the porn with 
the results of the abuse or like the two mm. things together? How did they get connected? Therapy. Had a really good therapist back uh, back in an uh, undisclosed city. Yeah. Um, we just talked through it, and she she made it very clear that a lot of things are linked back to your own childhood. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe it at first, but as we talked through it, I'm like, oh yeah, I do like hitting because I was hit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I do enjoy being in control. Actually, on the flip side, I love the exact opposite too. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I was switch. Just gonna say. I just realized that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a hardcore switch. Because a lot of people that are into BDSM, you know, they are doing it for therapeutic reasons. I mean, not all of them obviously have been abused in any way, but a lot of people who are abused do find it to be a very helpful way of taking ownership of those things. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I, that was the next thing I was going to ask you is like, which role do you prefer to be in? Because mm. like I was always hit, but, and it, it's funny because I don't think it was until I was in a romantic relationship where I also wound up getting hit and then feeling like, Oh, like I've, you know, I'm living with my stepfather or whatever, like I'm recreating this dynamic. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until after that particular relationship that um, the activity really held some sort of draw for me. Mm. And now I feel like it is one of the ways that I've managed to kind of like reclaim whatever that was. Like Mm -hmm. I do feel empowered by putting myself in situations where I am the sub or I am the victim or I'm getting humiliated or whatever. Yeah. But it feels empowering almost because you own it. Right. But I mean, have you hit that point yet? Where you Like when you're being the switch and you're being hit or choked or whatever. Oh man, I, I am the brattiest fucking switch <laughs> you would ever meet. No, it same. Is, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Does it annoy people? Like, do you do it like in the middle? Well, what I find is that it's been very difficult for me to find the right partner who can respond because Mm. there are plenty of people who claim to be doms and tops or whatever, and then you get a little mouthy and lippy with them, and they're not actually willing to, like, do it. It's more Mm. of, like, the play of it. But when you're a bratty switch, like, you need somebody to really follow through. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's only one one rule. It's like, (laughs) do you know the safe word? Okay, good. Smacking the fucking face. Let's get this going. Oh, it's so fun being bratty, though. Oh, my God. It, it, you're right. It totally confuses folks. Like, I'm being super dominant, like, just going at it. Then I'm like, okay, I want you to choke me out. They're like, what? Just totally, they're just, thankfully, my wife totally understands. But. So when you're getting choked or hit or what, like, when you are getting the punishment yeah, that well, you want. Yeah, my face is being pummeled, you know. I don't like, but do how that. does that feel? Is it, do you feel better afterwards? Do you feel like. Like some sort of cathartic release from it, is or do yeah. you leave it feeling shame? Oh uh, no, no, it's definitely cathartic. It okay. feels awesome, definitely like a, a huge release. Yeah, it is slightly more struggle as a man to find like a female partner who is actually like strong enough to like. So because this is the, I've always wanted to, like some of the best experience I've had is almost like I'm a true victim, mm-hmm. almost to the point of like humiliation. Mm crying like make me absolutely fear for my life right and yeah just it's, it's tricky finding that yeah especially like someone who understands where that's coming from without fearing like oh shit this is a broken person he's probably gonna kill me after yeah me. the judgment is ridiculous i know <laughs> that's why i like the king community people are open-minded yeah 
But it's still, I mean, even within that, it's hard to get those people that have that commitment. I was trying to do this a bit with a guy overseas and we'd talk beforehand and kind of plan out what we would try. And, you know, there are just inherent limitations to that, especially being a brat, because there's no real way you can punish me for being a lippy bitch, right? <laughs> and we would talk beforehand. He'd be like, what are you trying to get out of this? And I'd tell him, you know, I'm, I want you to break me. Like, I want to feel like yeah, you've broken my, like, I've just. <laughs> I'm being a bitch. Come on. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. And this is, I don't just no i know i i feel i feel your pain <laughs> people are fucking weak in today's society 100 where concur. are those real doms we need them exactly <laughs> make me sad make me cry and then give me a nice cooking cuddle afterwards so but if you kept this the experience of how you feel after an activity like that that cathartic mm-hmm. release like if you had that in your mind and you're you know considering this while you're watching the kinky fucking shit that you're you're into on porn i mean are is that experience so far from you when you're watching it that you don't you can't like get that same positive feeling out of it i can't i can't and it's because when i'm with somebody else that's an actual live human being and i have to see them Mm -hmm. as another human being that's why One of the things I love when I'm with others is not just during sex. Like 80% of what I enjoy is afterwards. Mm. Because when people are the most vulnerable, when they're willing to have an honest-to-God conversation about the shit that they're dealing with or some of the difficulties that they had in there. Like I've had people in bed like open up about their sexual assaults and say, this is the first time I'm willing to like be open with someone. I'm like, thank you. Like, thank you for being vulnerable and trusting me. But with porn... There's no human aspect to it. I don't see the people on screen as people. Mm-hmm. They're just objects for me to use. Mm-hmm. That I don't like how it is. I don't like how it's making me think of women. That's fair. I um, it's funny as you were were saying that, like a lot of people that know people who have substance abuse problems, you know, the the rhetoric is always, why don't you just stop? Uh. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to say that because I know how absurd it is that I, cause I identify with your feeling of the compulsion and I understand like the feelings that come up with it. And even the things beyond your conscious comprehension, like it's beyond that. I mm-hmm. get that. I, I would say one, one thing that for, for your audience members, just as a, as a challenge, there might be some folks in there like, how, how the fuck is this an addiction? Like, this is not an issue for mm-hmm. me or anyone I know. First off, good for you. I'm happy for you. But second, maybe see what it's like. Cut it out for 30 days and see how your body and your mind naturally reacts. If everything's all good, I'm super jealous. I wish I was in your position. But if something comes up, maybe it's an interesting conversation to start with yourself. Yeah. It's a challenge. So as far as the kind of work that you're doing, because, I mean, it's funny that it took you until now to say, like, it's affecting how I view women, right? Whereas when we met, like, you said that in the the first minute. So, I mean, you recognize that it's a problem. You're a hetero guy. I don't even know. Would you say you're heteroflexible? Okay. But, you know, women are a big part of your romantic sphere, sexual sphere. Yes. Right? So, like, are you... 
doing work to counter that? And if so, like what kind of work? Mm, to to see women as non yeah because if I mean if you're recognizing that this is creating that thought process and you're feeling your whatever this pattern like if you're not doing anything to counter it then mm. of course it's going to yeah, grow a like point. a bonsai you know no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a fair point um never really thought about it like that like oh I I should proactively find ways to view women as as human beings Which, yeah weird um no, no, I've never thought about it in terms like that. I just Have you ever seen a sex therapist or you see like straight behavioral I therapists? want to see a sex therapist. I'm getting tired of like all the therapies like, oh, just do some CBT. Mm. You're you're gonna be totally C B cognitive behavioral theory. Yeah. Not yeah. not C B T cock and ball torture. C B D is awesome by the way. Have you tried it? C B D oil or you're talking CBD about C B T the CB, CB, the better one, the better I, one. Because I'm sober, no, I don't. Ah. I mean, I know that it's not, but there, it's too. I feel, I feel it's you. too fine a line. I feel you. Yeah, no mood altering substances awesome. except for coffee and sugar. Okay. Nicotine. But anyway. Nicotine. <laughs> yes, the There's a nice inhaling. Got here. <laughs> He's juuling. God. He's juuling. These are getting illegal next month. I hear. The flavored ones, the mint ones. Thank God, it'll just be menthol and tobacco. <laughs> Uh, the only true flavors that should be out there, in my opinion. Anyway. Oh, I oh I see. See if that was the morality menthol, police right here. I would have taken that out of your hands a while ago. All right. Now that I All know right, it Mom. tastes like Thin Mints, I'm like, ugh, yeah. <coughs> see, it's awful. <coughs> oh God. Uh, I'm enjoying myself so much right now. <laughs> oh, uh, this is I'm up so my surprised salute. though that you're not doing. I mean, doesn't. Hmm? Logically though, I mean, because you seem like a very logical, rational guy. Thank you. Right, like if you yeah. identify something is generating something negative, mm -hmm. like if you don't try to balance it out, of course it's going to become it's more good. and more problematic. It's not going to just go away. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can't just. So recognizing that, what's your action plan for yourself, man? It's a good. Thank you. <laughs> Do I owe you money for no. this therapy session? <laughs> uh, just that's kind of one of the things that I. Uh, I've been. That's just kind of why I went to that uh, that event with Curious Fox. Yeah, was just trying to meet folks. Like, yeah, sleeping around is fun and whatnot. But one of the things that my wife and I are trying to figure out are like good boardroom games, like because we're huge fucking nerds. Mm. And it's weird. This town, it, the city is so big, but it just feels so isolating. So we're just still trying to find like our group of friends. And if we can fuck them, that's also kind of cool. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, I video game a lot. <laughs> I video game that, a lot. I can't imagine that helps your perception of women also. No, it does. Oh, it does. come on. Play, the way I, that female I characters play, are depicted, I, 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 come on. Do you play Overwatch? I don't even know what that is. Oh, my God. Like, one of, <laughs> someone in the audience is, like, nodding their head, like, this guy fucking gets it. Like, diversity in the way they approach it. But more like, I play with female team members and... It humanizes because, like, as a guy who played, like, Xbox Live and PC for the longest time, we're like, ooh, girls, like, you suck. You just be a healer. You don't know what you're doing. But, like, playing video games more and more, especially but with I'm this game. But I'm talking about the avatars. Oh, they, I, yes, everyone is attractive. And but completely, like, absurdly unreal. Like, wait, makes wait. Barbie look normal. Are, are you saying that... <laughs> 
Are you saying that when you are just wearing a bikini, it doesn't increase your shield by like five hundred percent? What? I thought I thought bare skin helped that. Oh man, <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion. Jesus Christ, yes. I, I I feel you, but I as a man, I really can't. If that makes sense, if like I don't know how to say it. It's like I feel you, but I don't really feel you. <laughs> so does your the way that it's affecting your feeling about women is it? Is it just the, you know, like, well, how, I don't want to put words in your mouth. How would you describe how it makes you look at women? As objects, as the only purpose is like sexual desire. Mm. And that's it. I don't see what, what aspirations they have. Where do they want to go to next? What makes them tick? You know, just I, I'm just thinking about like with my wife in general conversations. Like, what are your struggles? Yeah. What are your interests? But do you see your wife as an object? No. No. Do you have female friends? I do. Do you see them as objects? No. Female colleagues? Some, but I don't see them as objects. But for those that I don't know, mm. like when I'm walking around the streets, yeah, see them as objects, and. <laughs> I'm just not comfortable with that. Now, is that the default state for us? I don't know. For us guys? Maybe. Well, I would argue it's I a product know. of a lot more than just porn. I mean, everything in, you know, especially American culture, everything that's visual is so driven by the male gaze, of course. Like, mm -hmm. the things you don't even realize you're absorbing and consuming that are reinforcing that, it just they're just so I, steeped into the fabric I of everything. I totally agree with you. But I would say pornography acts as a multiplier effect mm -hmm. onto that. Yeah. That's fair. Very strongly in my case, at least. I have a brief, inspiring story for you. Let's because you're, you're making me think of somebody who... Um, Reach out to me on Instagram that we've been communicating. He's, he's overseas somewhere. And he had similar feelings about porn and similar reactions. Um, and was, I, you know, identifying like you that it was affecting how he saw women. And he decided to change that. And he put a lot of work into training himself to be aroused by different body types, by different... Uh, aesthetics beyond body type you know like he's really into shaved heads which is how he wound up finding me but i mean you know just like really working at it you know to, to start viewing different types of porn that really celebrated mm. a diversity that he wasn't seeing in mainstream porn and mm. like i said you you can do that without lessening the kink and like subversive mm. i feel like there's a factor. slight plug if only there was independent <laughs> pornography out there that celebrated this diversity it helped me rewired my brain ah uh, i encourage I you to do going. some googling because i'm i'm not making my own product <laughs> so this isn't a plug but i'm saying like he he's a real case study of somebody who's not he's maybe you know i'm gonna say like eight years older than you so not a huge age difference it's not like he spent 20 years dedicated to this fight of changing his is you know arousal settings um but he's done it and is now he's <laughs> his very strong opinions about pornography then you know and looking at it as like a very political issue and we always disagree about mm. is it political my whole thing or is it not or whatever and i argue it's not but whatever but i'm just saying like 
it is totally possible to still consume porn and still be filthy and still engage in all of the things that get you off, no matter what they are, mm -hmm. but still cultivate this environment and cultivate reactions that do respect women and do celebrate positive things. You know, you don't, it doesn't have to be dark. Is it what doesn't, I'm <laughs> it doesn't, I, I agree. And I'm glad that amazing organizations like yourself are creating like this type of type of pornography. There's just, there's just so much unintended consequences for the non-ethical, non-respectful yeah. type of porn out there. Yeah. I don't know if you have the stats, like, how much is independent porn compared to... Oh, nothing. But I mean, it's... I mean, there are so many things that I can compare it to. I mean, I... It's funny. When I think about getting off to porn versus getting off masturbating without it or getting off in, like, real-life sex situations, I always um, describe the porn-based orgasms as, like, the cheese doodle orgasm. You know, it's like... Hmm. It's... No nutritional value. Oh, God, you talking about the cheese cans? <laughs> no, cheese doodles. I'm just what? saying, like, if you're hungry, right, you're starving, you're, and we're equating this to, like, sexual appetite, right? Like, unsatiated okay. sexual appetite. Imagine, like, when you're actually hungry for food. Mm -hmm. Now, you could eat cheese doodles or a Big Mac or something, I don't know if you're vegan or whatever, but something that's just shit food, right? Yeah. It may taste delicious, it may be very easily accessible, cheap, free, whatever, mm -hmm. right? But how satisfying is it really going to be? Versus if you're really hungry and you sit down and you have the most <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> thoughtful, curated, like mm. perfectly balanced mm. portion size, of, like a course meal from the best chef, right? Oh, God. Like that's real satisfaction. That is. So like you have an orgasm in those circumstances, like that's really fulfilling. Oh, Whereas yeah. you have an orgasm with a partner and it's like, like, for me, I can get off in, like, 30 seconds, sometimes 10, 15, whatever, and then it's like, well, that happened. Yeah. And like, it's... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's so... It's so... So flat. It's so flat. Exactly. It's like, ugh. So man. recognizing these things, though, it's like, one, I think, a matter of not judging if... Well, I'm going to, to you know, this. there is a caveat where that you do identify this is an addiction, so I think this is different, but... For me, like, my thing with porn, why I am able to kind of not demonize it is because I'm able to get from it what I need when I do and not judge myself that, you know, like, this really embarrassing thing or whatever is what got me off when, like, actual human connection could get me off. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, it's a mixture of not judging that experience but also making sure to fill yourself up with plenty of alternative experiences. I, I can see, I, I can definitely understand that, that yeah. perspective. It's just for a lot of guys out there, that's a, it's very hard to make that distinction. Yeah. And I do, yeah, I do need to look at independent more. It's, it's fascinating. But do work to like counter the effects, you know? How can um, you start like really putting yourself in positions to, you know, come across and interact with really strong women and, like, you know, work against this objectification outside of porn. Like, don't, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just trying to make all the other areas kind of, again, counter the peaks of pornography and social media or whatever. Like, got to mm -hmm. cultivate the other stuff so that 
it's not so impactful. Cultivate the other stuff and throw out all of that junk. Yeah. It's hard as fuck, yeah. but that's, <laughs> yeah, it's. I think you'd be just, really helped by going to some in-person groups. I found going to sex parties very therapeutic because it is like, it's not even like in-person pornography, whereas when I think of pornography, I think of like moves and whatever. But like at parties, it's so natural. Yeah. It, I love, one of the best things I love about these parties is how people actually talk and communicate with each other. Mm. Like their their needs. Whereas in like porn, it's just assumed. Yeah. But that's what I love that Curious Fox event where it's like, this is how you engage. This is how you ask questions. Like I didn't know that about orgies where there's like a like a puddle already <laughs> if you just ask one person that doesn't work because you got to get the consent of everyone i hadn't thought about that before hmm. granted i've always been a little bit shy of like getting right into a nice little puddle like that with <laughs> folks who already know each other but just that it, that's the type of connection that is a little cathartic and just helps me yeah. and that's something that well at least my wife and i are trying to find yeah. a little bit more but i think too like other places where you're Talking with other people who are going through what you're going through, like having that exchange of experience, you know, like without, like a, not necessarily a sex party, but I'm talking more like a support group kind of yeah. thing, I think would be, would be fun. <coughs> I agree. With so you. we are about 10 minutes over the hour mark, so no. I'll give you this opportunity. Is there anything else you want to talk about or just mention or get off your chest? I would say uh, to the folks... It's okay to be ashamed. It's okay to acknowledge that and, and to work on it. Go out to, to Reddit NoFap or to PornFree if you think this is something that you're struggling with. Like, I, I hope my story at least is relatable to at least one person out there. And even if they want to make a change or not, just mm -hmm. knowing that they're not alone, something that I wish I had when I was growing up and dealing with this. Yeah. I hope it helps out folks too. So, well, thank you, Justin. I really appreciate it. It was quite fun. Thank you. Okay, some healthy discourse on the divisive topic of pornography. I just want to, uh, you know, reiterate Justin's point about, you know, being accepting of of yourself. If you, you do have issues with pornography or addiction, you know, just be gentle, accepting. Um, you know, your feelings are your own, your choices are your own, and unless they're harmful to others, there's nothing wrong with them. So... Whether you want to have a lot of sex or you want to have no sex, you want to watch a lot of porn or you want to watch no porn, you know, there really is no wrong way to do it. Uh, another thing I just wanted to point out on the topic of pornography is I'm going to include a link to um, a blog post I found that has a great list of feminist, ethical, and independent pornography. Um, you know, we did talk a, a bit about it in the conversation that you just heard, but um, these are like specific links. It's not just video porn, but also some printed porn. There's a lot of great stuff that's out there, a lot of people that are doing really exciting things. So, so give it a look, check some of it out. You might be really surprised. Um, yeah, so... Anyway, on the admin side, I just wanted to update you that we have switched over to using Buzzsprout as our host. Um, hopefully it has not disrupted any of your access on any of the podcast platforms. Uh, and next week, once everything is kind of more finalized, I will be sharing our new custom URL so that you can go visit Sex Communication Podcast as its own site separate from Graphic Paint. 
that is something we needed to do before the launch happens, which again, is going to be at the end of this month. Um, you know, we're working on some modified timelines with coronavirus. So everyone hang tight, uh, new stuff to come. And as always, new episodes will continue to drop on Thursdays. So I hope you're well, stay safe, and I will speak to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Please subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like more information about the show, visit us online at graphicpaint.com slash sexpodcast. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please email me at sex at graphicpaint.com. I am always looking for new sex audio and people to interview. See you next week.